all scripture is breathed out by you and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of, and woman of God may be completely equipped for every good work. Pray that you will, your word will do as, as you have promised this morning as we make ourselves available to hear and to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, it's a pleasure to be able to uh, share the word of God with you this morning. And as you know, we're continuing in our series of parables of Jesus. And when um, Seth said to me, oh, you just pick a parable, um, that's not very kind of, um, I like to be sort of given something to do, so I had to kind of come up with it. But I just, I just really wanted to speak on um, this parable of uh, the, the two builders because it's fundamental. It, it really lays uh, the path down. So let's... Um, we, 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 the, the passage I'm going to read is from Matthew 7, um, verse 24 to 7, uh, 27. But the same passage also appears in um, Luke 46 um, to 49. <clears throat> Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So, I guess sometimes we, we, need, um, we need reproof and corrections. Sometimes the ship that we sail can get a bit close to the rocks, and so there's an opportunity, or a, you know, it's when we get that close that we need to um, see whether we need a, a course correction. And so I hope for those of us today who need a course correction, this will be a timely reminder, this, this parable of Jesus. Um, for others, I'm trusting that our hope will be and our faith will be in re reinforced knowing that we have built on the rock. And so this parable is a simple story about two builders. In essence, one is said to be wise and one is foolish. One builds on rock and one builds on sand. But before the passage begins, there's a, there's a word, therefore. And when you see that inscription, you have to ask, what is it there for? And... Um, and so Jesus, with this parable, um, takes us back um, to, to, a, to another, another passage. So he, he relates the passage to those who think they are safe and sound. They have built their house, um, and so far it has stood. Um, <clears throat> so there, there is a... Um, there are, there are the two houses that two, two builders have built. Um, they, they may look the same, those two houses. 
They may be built of the same materials. They might have the same cladding. They might have the same roof. The only difference may be their foundation. And so if we are to be wise and careful, then we don't need to be, be, be conned. Um, and so when, when Jesus spoke of this parable, he, he talks about um, the people immediately before. And if we can go to not everyone, Robert, the next, yeah. He, he, he specifically said this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Um, <clears throat> And so, um, next slide, Robert. So we, we can see the, um, the two types of building. And as I said, outwardly they may look the same. And, and, and maybe um, if we can take that and look at two types of people, you know, they, they might both have the same Christian jargon. Um, they might both prophesy. They might both work miracles. And um, so... But, but Jesus has, has said, the, there are some of these people um, who prophesied in his name, who drove out demons and performed many miracles, and he's going to tell them, I never knew you. And, and so, you know, what, how do we know? Um, <clears throat> and so, I'm, I, you know, I may tread on some toes here, but the world is full of false teachers, the world is full of people who claim to be able to do miracles. They're all over the place. And specifically, um, the word of faith people. And I'm going to name some. Benny Hinn, Todd Bentley, Creflo Dollar, Joel Osteen. These are people who are in it for the money. They're not in it um, for anything else. They're teaching a false gospel. Um, and so... You know, you've got to make sure that your foundation is not built on money. Um, these people, a lot of those people, the names I've just mentioned, they're in it for the money. <clears throat> I'll even go as far to say, just be careful about someone like Bill Johnson his, from Bethel. His teaching is extreme. Your healing is now. Everyone is to be healed. I listened to a very sound expose from a charismatic theologian about Bill Johnson and his, some of his false prophecies and false miracles. And I'm happy to share um, the YouTube link with you if you're interested afterwards. Um, I'm not saying that all the people that go to these churches, and um, uh, I'm, I'm talking about the systems, not, not the actual people, okay? Because there are many people who um, are in some of these um, uh, some of these churches who have a genuine faith, but there are many who are being led astray. Otherwise, um, you know, what, what did Jesus mean when, when they were casting out demons in his name? They were doing miracles in his name. They were prophesying in his name. Um, you know, what, what foundation are those guys building on? <clears throat> and, you know, the gospel and, and the teaching of Jesus is very 
adamant and very strong in relation to false teachers and false prophets. Um, you know, Galatians is a favourite um, book of the Bible for me. Uh, Paul says, if anyone is preaching a different gospel, um, let him be totally or let him be eternally condemned. Uh, so these false prophets, they come in sheep's clothing. They disguise themselves as believers. But inwardly, Jesus says they are ferocious wolves. So the main attack that we see against Christians, it's in New Zealand and in a lot of the Western places, it's not from persecution, although that, I believe, will come. Um, it's not from outward attack. It's from the, the inward um, so, so all, all, all I'm saying at this point is be very careful. Check out the people you listen to. Um, you know, are, are, they, are they sound or are they teaching a different gospel? And uh, next one, Robert. Jesus spoke of, um, of the narrow gate um, and the narrow road. Only a few find it. And, you know, it, to me, it's, it's not a surprise that the largest church in, in America is Joel Austin's because he's promising everything that, that worldly people want. He's promising money. He's promising your best life now. He's not promising um, a surrender to Jesus Christ. He's not teaching a life of self-denial. And, and, and so... You know, people are flocking to that. And so Jesus does say, you recognize a tree by its fruit. And that's what we need to be alert to. We need to be listening uh, to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But we also need to be very, very observant of what's going on and what is being taught. Um, because we're all on YouTube. We're all on um, Facebook. We see all these kind of things. But we need discernment. And so... The, the difference uh, and the point of the parable um, is, is the foundation. Um, it, so, so let's have a look at um, the, 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 what, who or what is the foundation. So uh, Next slide, Robert. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The, the one who trusts will never be dismayed. And that was a, a, a prophetic prophecy from um, Isaiah, looking forward to the time of Jesus Christ, looking forward um, to somebody who was coming uh, who would provide that solid foundation, that rock, that... Um, that hope that Israel had and that, and that we have. And that same passage is requoted um, in 1 Peter 2.6. There are other... Um, there is, I guess, a cornerstone. It's not a, a term we're familiar with, but um, it, it's, it's that first stone that is set uh, in the construction of a of a masonry foundation. Um, it's, it's the most important stone. All other stones in that building 
are set in reference to that cornerstone. So that's the determining point or the position of the entire structure that's going to be built. It's usually the largest, the most solid, the most carefully constructed in any building. And if it's removed, sometimes the entire structure will collapse. And so that's a familiar term um, uh, to, to those that Jesus was talking to. Uh, familiar term um, for um, both uh, Gentile and uh, Jewish believers because when you go to Jerusalem, they, all the houses, everything there has to, by the, the town planning laws, everything has to be built of Jerusalem stone. You don't see wooden houses like you see here. Everything is Jerusalem stone. And, um, and so getting that cornerstone right um, is important. So next slide. Um, so built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And then in verse in 1 Corinthians 3.11, For no one can lay any foundation other than one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And so, you know, when, when, when Jesus is telling this parable, he's talking about, look, there are two builders. This, there's this rock, this foundation, or there's this sand that you can build on. So, so we've had just quickly touched on Jesus Christ being the cornerstone, being the one who holds the whole building together, being the one on whom our faith rests. But what are the other foundations that we could build on? Um, so let's have a look at them. Um, there's good works, you know. There's a lot of people out there that think, well, if, if I'm good enough, you know, God will, will surely allow me into his kingdom. You know, I've, I've lived a very sincere life. I've tried my hardest. I haven't, um, you know, been um, unkind to cats and dogs. And, um, you know, I love my neighbour and I'm, I'm doing the best I can. Surely, um, you know, I should... I should stand at that final day. Um, you know, what's wrong with my life? I've been really good. Um, you know, in fact, I go to church as well, and that should count for something, surely. You know, um, I, I've, give it, I've given up Sunday when I could be home watching TV or I could be at the beach, but I've gone to church. Surely, God, you can, you can count that in my favour. And, you know, I prayed a lot too. And occasionally I fasted. Surely, you know, I deserve something. And for those of you who were here a few weeks ago, we looked at that prayer um, of, the, of the two, we looked at the parable of the two men going into the temple to pray. We had the, the Pharisee and the tax collector. And, and, you know, some of these good works, that I'm not saying there's nothing, anything wrong with them, um, but, you know, the Pharisee said, Look at me, you know, I give, I give my money, um, I pray, I'm not like this other guy. Um, he's, you know, you don't see him in church very often. Um, and, and as for him, he, he doesn't have any good works, he's, 
taking money off our citizens and, um, you know, in the pocket of the Romans. Um, but, you know, the message is clear all through Scripture. And, um, and if it's not clear enough, Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Not by works. And I trust that you can get a sense of how freeing that is. It's not the works that save us. Um, and, I, and I just want to give a little bit of background about me. Um, I, I was brought up a Roman Catholic, and for many years, um, you know, I had it drummed into me. Um, just, you know, live a really good life. Um, because, you know, sure, you, you've got to have faith in Jesus. That, that's a given. But um, you've got to have these good works. And if you don't get enough, um, well, you know, there's no assurance of heaven. There's no assurance of salvation. You're more than likely to end up in purgatory. And I remember at Rosmini College, um, during Lent especially, having to go to, well, not having to, I, I go to Mass at, at lunchtime and, and praying for people to get out of purgatory you know, that God would have mercy on them. And for those that are fortunate not, not, not to have come from a Catholic background, purgatory is a kind of a halfway house between, um, between heaven and hell. And, and only the saints go straight to heaven, you know. But, but, but the rest of you go to purgatory because you, you, your good deeds, are they enough to get you into heaven? And so we need to pray for those people in purgatory that they might get through. Well, you know, I'm sorry, but um, that's quite contrary to the word of God. It's um, the theology of the Roman Catholic Church. It's nothing but a false gospel. And, I, and, I, and I, you know, I've been through the system. I, I know it. And I'm not saying that there aren't any um, genuine believers in the Catholic Church, because there are. But, the, but it's the system. It is, it, is, um, it is Satan, if you like, masquerading as a wolf in sheep's clothing. Because there are millions of people in the, in the Catholic Church that will be relying on their good works. They'll, be, they'll say, yeah, I had faith, but, but uh, you know, I do need these good works. Um, but we, we can do nothing. Please note, that's what the Bible teaches. We can do nothing. It's all on Jesus. It's his, his salvation. He gives it to us. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. <clears throat> so, I guess, um, you know, as a foundation, once you start adding other things to it, it's no longer solely based on a rock. You know, you've, you, you might start with this rock, but let's, let's add a whole lot of sand on top, and let's build on the sand on top of the rock and see what happens. Um, and so, you know, so I just really want to say to you, when, 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 you, when you're um, meeting with people and, and you've got the opportunity to share the gospel, you know, we are so privileged to be called the children of God, but it's a gift of God. It's his gift to us based on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. See, without the cross, we, we all face... Um, an eternity away from God. We're all doomed, quite frankly. And it's only through the cross of Jesus Christ 
that we are saved and, 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 and become part of his kingdom and family. So let's um, just go back to the two builders. What's the difference? One hears the word and puts it into practice. The other hears the word and does not put it into practice. So both hear. Um, they both hear. You know, the, the, the message is out there. Hear the gospel. But they have a different response. And so there's a different um, outcome for each of them. Um, so, <clears throat> so those who hear the word and put them into practice is like a wise man. Um, the other is a, is a foolish man because he didn't put the words of Jesus into practice. Okay, what is the storm? I believe it's a day of reckoning. You know, it's, it's something pretty, pretty severe. And that cornerstone will be a source of blessing or judgment. Because if, if you're built on that solid rock, you will be like that wise builder. But if not... If not, what's that storm going to, going to do? There's going to be a, a judgment and your foundations will be examined. And our life is only lived once. And Hebrews um, 9 verse 27 says, It's appointed unto men to die and after that to face judgment. And, uh, and so we have to be sober as we consider this parable about those um, two builders. And I know, um, you know, it's nice to have a bit of visual sometimes. So, Robert, can you um, play this little um, clip, please? Hey, NBC News viewers. The biggest threat remains a storm surge. It's kind of hard for a frame of reference. I've worked here for 37 years. It's as bad as I've ever seen it. It's the worst case scenario, and we'll have to see how that plays out, but it's severe. There's a lot worse too. Um, but, you know, I believe we're talking about a terrible storm. Your whole house, which you've relied on, might be the same as the neighbours from an outward perspective, but you've, you've relied on that for years 
nothing's happened. Why, sh- why should anything happen? You know, I, this, is, this is a house. It's built strong. Look at, look at, look at all this um, um, framing. Look at the cladding. Look at the windows, the roof. You know, I've had a good builder build it. But will that building stand or be swept away? And as you can see there, it depends solely on the foundation. Um, you know, you build on sand and the waves are coming in, um, there is going to be a terrible, um, a terrible outcome. So check the foundations before it's too late. It, during the storm, um, you know, when you, when you, we've all been in houses in the, when there's a storm blowing, it's a, it's a bit out, a bit late to be getting on the roof, clearing the gutters and that kind of thing, um, you know, because the storm's upon you. Um, and so prior to that, get your foundations checked and um, will you be judged righteous because you accepted Christ's righteousness, knowing that you could never claim or earn your own righteousness? Or will you face eternity out of the presence of God having wasted your life built on sand. So is your foundation built on Christ and him alone? Um, I think, you know, it is sobering that there, as Jesus said uh, just before that parable, there are those who claim to confess Jesus as Lord, um, but they they will be excluded. Next slide, Robert. Um, so this, this, you know, we're not talking about minor troubling events. We're talking about something, life and death are in the balance, you can say. Um, and it's that storm that brings either life or, or total destruction. Um, so there are those that, um, if you can bring the next couple of slides, Robert. Um, next one. Um, those who claim to confess Jesus as Lord and live as though he never gave a law to obey, um, he, he says, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, in Matthew 7, 23, just before the start of the parable. Um, and so when, when we look to a conclusion, you know, examine your life, examine your life and, and particularly, of course, the foundation you know, it can all look pretty on the outside, but what's the inside? What's the foundation? Uh, are you putting Jesus' words into practice, which is like the wise builder? And <clears throat> I just want to give a quote from a, um, a preacher. He's a, he's a guy called John MacArthur, and this is what he says about the narrow gate. The narrow gate is hard to find and hard to go through because it demands denial of self, denial of self-righteousness, recognition of sin, full repentance, submission to Christ, commitment to obey him and follow him no matter what the cost. It's hard to find that truth, and hearing it is hard to act upon it because of the love of self, the love of sin, which is natural to sinners. So, you know, I hope that we can go away from today after hearing this, um, this simple parable of, of um, building on rock or sand, that you have no doubt that it's a matter of life or death. 
Um, so may God convict us and encourage us if, if we don't have that building of our lives built on that rock. You know, God is merciful, so he loves, he loves you, and he wants you to be, um, to be sure. He wants you to have that solid foundation in your lives. He wants you to be built on the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. Don't mix works with it. Works follow your faith. They are not the part that, that gets you there, but they are evidence of a, 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 a faithful Christian life. Um, so it's he that will give us the grace and he that will give us uh, repentance. Um, and so I just want to encourage you um, that you know God is gracious, God is merciful, doesn't matter what you've done, who you are, you can cry out to him, he's waiting. Just like, you know, I could have done a, a, a story about the, a parable of the, the prodigal son, but the father's waiting, the father's anxiously waiting, and he's providing everything for you. He's provided the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. His blood has been spilt for your salvation. Um, and so uh, I just want us to um, conclude this morning. Um, Abraham's going to um, sing um, you know, a, a song that is very much related um, to this parable. Um, and then after that, we'll close in prayer. So Father, Lord, we thank you this morning. We bless your name for your word. We thank you that you are the rock on which we stand this morning. Even as your word says, Father, may we not rely on our own strength. May we not rely on our own gifts that you've blessed us with. May we leave this place knowing that you are the cornerstone. You are the rock on which we need to build us as your children. So at the end of the day, when you appear today, we will not find ourselves wanting, but we'll join you and we'll all be happy in heaven. We thank you. Bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed week and see you all on Sunday.